Welcome to Market Proof Marketing, the podcast from the industry leaders at Do You Convert, where we talk about the current and future state of marketing and online sales for builders and developers across the globe. We're not here to sell you, we're here to help you and to try and elevate the conversation. Is there a topic you'd like us to cover or a question you'd like us to answer? We'll do it. Simply send an email to show at doyouconvert.com. Today we have Nick Bonakowski, head of agent partnerships at Open Door, here to sit down and talk about some of the uh, research that they've found uh, in terms of a mismatched market, perceptions versus reality, uh, some, some really great insights and takeaways. And Nick, thanks for joining the program. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Now, your um, title, Head of Agent Partnerships at Open Door, uh, give us a quick background of what it is that you do at Open Door, uh, how you found yourself there, and uh, kind of the background that, that makes you the right person to be talking to today. Sure, uh, I'd love to. <clears throat> so I'm coming uh, up on about, well, almost two years at Open Door now. Um, uh, but I've been in real estate, in and around real estate for most of my professional career, which Sadly, not the date myself goes back. Uh, coming up on two decades, I've had about 15, 16 years in the real estate industry. Starting. Uh, How do you still have so much hair <laughs> if, uh, if you've been around in real estate that long? I've. Uh, I, I. You can't see the back of my head. I'll just. I'll just say that. <laughs> gonna. Gonna look forward on this camera for the rest of the time. But no, it's. You know, I, so I, I can say that I've seen a few cycles now, and. Um, I'm sure we'll talk about later in this this conversation, kind of how this one is unprecedented. But I, I did grow up in a, a third generation real estate office started by my grandparents. First job was uh, organizing the, the filing cabinets that our deal folders went into. Uh, and I remember in that job when I was 14 or 15, you know, moving these folders up to the attic because it was a uh, New Jersey law where I'm from. You had to maintain these files for seven years. I remember in those early days thinking, man, I'm using my computer for everything. Uh, when is this part going to change? When's that going to change? So I've been fascinated with the industry and that intersection with technology, which has led me down a series of uh, different jobs in, in the industry. Um, some some years at, at some other big real estate companies, including Redfin. I actually worked at Realogy, now Anywhere Brands uh, for a little yeah. bit, um, but always kind of at that forefront, that intersection of, of marrying the, the old with the new, um, you know, the brilliance of all the new technology in the world uh, alongside the the local expertise that an agent can bring. So talking about, you know, how I'm in this, where I am at this role now as head of agent partnerships, it's really about um, meeting the consumer where they are. And that's generally the theme of our, our whole partnerships team at Open Door, where, you know, we're trying to do a lot of uh, uh, interesting things to, to digitize the home buying and home selling process, working with consumers, giving them other options to, to move with the click of a button. On the partnership side, we also recognize that you know in 2023, while technology continues to improve the process, uh, you know customers are comfortable working in different ways. And on agent partnerships, it's our recognition that you know many, many, many consumers have that trusted advisor in their their local network. They want to work with that person. So my job is to basically reach out to the agent community, uh, help agents and brokerages understand ways that they can partner with Opendoor to make Opendoor a solution for their customers that want the best of both worlds. You know, the guidance from their their trusted advisor and, and access to to Opendoor's you know digital home selling or, or or buying solution. So I think that's awesome. One, it's great to see uh, always see people who have kind of that frontline experience. And so that background in the agent world of, of seeing transactions and being involved in transactions um, 
definitely that's one, always one of the missing pieces when we start abstracting to other layers of technology and finance and operations. And it's like, have you done this? You know, you, you kind of, if you've sit in enough brainstorming sessions with people who haven't been involved uh, to that degree in the real estate world, it's, it's just almost, it's just really hard to come out with what the consumer really does want. Uh, I think that's interesting. And then, and then second, I think it's really interesting that part of the approach uh, it, it appears at Open Door is, hey, we need to have uh, great data and great insights to share with agents as well as consumers, as well as builders. Um, and, and that's, again, kind of brings us back to this article of, of you know, anything that can be used to inform, uh, better inform, Kind of all of our mutual customers it's 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 good for everybody yeah yeah totally agree i mean uh and and that's one of the enjoyable and exciting parts of, of my role actually in addition to to data you know i we, we have access to hundreds of thousands of consumers um so you know with that access i i, I agree with you and there's a sense of responsibility around well how, how can we pull conclusions not to, not just keep them from ourselves but really inform you know the broader population of vendors, partners, and, and the various folks that are going to be interacting with, uh, you know, customers. And that's truly been like one of my favorite parts about working in the real estate industry in that like, at its heart, it's very collaborative, you know, the, the nature of, of, of buyers and sellers and representation on all sides and that people are generally trying to work together. And, and that's what we're doing with a lot of these surveys that we publish, you know, with that access to consumers, um, you know, we can collect some insights and hopefully share them with the industry so, you know, they can better position their products or for our, for our agents, they can look to open door and, and realize that, um, you know, we're here to you know, inform and educate and make the process better for, for everyone out there. And along those yep. lines, in addition to the data, which, you know, I will we'll walk through today, I, I have the privilege of talking to agents across the country. Um, in, in my in my role, um, whether they're partners or just new agents that are interested in hearing about us, and that may be at conferences or individual office visits. But we have a team at Open Door. Literally in the past twenty four hours, you know, I, I've talked to an independent broker in, in in Charlotte, in North Carolina, and I had a meeting with uh, you know one of the larger teams in in uh, the Houston market of, of Texas. So we get an interesting perspective, um, which is a theme we'll, we'll talk about a bit today, I think, in in, in what's going on with mismatched um, buyer and seller expectations. But just this idea that, you know, real estate, we all know it's hyper-local, but that's also true in, in what the data shows us, that uh, it can feel like a, a hot market in, in one area and it can feel extremely cold in another. So, Yeah, and um, we'll have a link to the article in the show notes, um, and I'll show it here for those of you watching on, on video right now as well. But I mean, mismatched market, I, I love how it opens of, you know, it, it, everyone wants to try to summarize it down to a point of, is it a buyer's market or a seller's market? And I think the, the first thing of, uh, that the article really points out is that buyers and sellers are both in agreement that it's a tough market, but maybe for different reasons, depending on the side of it you're on. But, but no one thinks that the current market is a, a, a panacea for either side. Is that a fair way to say it? I think so. I mean, I I, I think we, when you pay attention to headlines, um, people have realized that it's been what I would call a seller's market for for quite a few years. Although that's that's shifted mostly because of the volatility. And I think whereas if you had to get someone to choose buyer or sellers, you're going to have more folks that are going to say, well, it's it's likely easier to be a, a seller just given the fact that. 
inventory is extremely low and interest rates are triple what they were a year ago. That said, it is clearly a different seller's market or or, or less so than it has been in, in some of these uh, crazy years uh, of the last few. Um, so yeah, you're generally just getting a lot of confusion where I think people hesitate to answer that question uh, specifically. And that's <laughs> part of the reason why we went into this this research just to kind of to settle this. And I, I think as we see in the data and they'll read in this report, it still is a little bit inconclusive, although there is some alignment on buyers and sellers. And I, I think the reality is that um, however people feel about how easy it might be to sell your home right now, there's just general agreement that it's tough. I mean, it is a tough, a tough place to be transacting. And most of the people that we're seeing moving are doing so because of, you know, life events, reasons that they have to move, yeah. you know, you're dealing with a lot of speculative buyers right now who are looking to take advantage of, of, of some opportunity in the market. So, yeah. And, and typically when you hear the terms uh, buyer's market or seller's market, it's like everything on either side of the ledger is in favor of that audience. And that's, that's what we're saying here is that, yes, it's still more a seller's market than not, but you, it's not, in, in past sellers markets, it's been like the seller can just state their terms and get what they want. There's there, there are going to need to be concessions, which we're going to talk a little bit more about at the end, or expected concessions um, on on either side. And that's a little bit more nuanced. And of course, it all depends on the specific markets. But um, next in the article that I thought was really interesting, it says the top five housing market concerns all generations uh, actually can agree on. And the top three uh, so the question was, you know, what, what are the things about the housing market that's concerning to you? 77% said interest rates. 72% said home affordability, uh, which I think is uh, interesting. And a weak economy was 60%. The, the next two were um, not over 50%, but still a good portion. Lack of homes for sale, 34%, and high unemployment at 20%. Um, interest rates are an unavoidable reality so that that one we could we could talk more about that nick but i i want to maybe just have a little more conversation on our, on your perspective of the next two which is affordability doesn't really seem to be slowing people down I, I, in the article it talks about the fact that kind of the velocity of of sales as a percentage of what's available three percent i think is a week roughly um is higher than it was in 2019 so um, even though it's a concern, it doesn't seem to be some, something that's actually causing transactions to pause. Uh, or I think again, in other markets, kind of like, uh, that, that would be something that would be, that would be reducing that speed of transaction. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a great, great call out. And I think it's exactly, you know, one of the points here, um, <clears throat> that, that illustrates the title of this whole, whole survey, kind of this mismatched, uh, expectations mismatched market where it's not not really just mismatched expectations between buyers and sellers it's mismatched uh kind of fact or what consumers are telling us and then what they're actually doing so people are reporting yeah. they have concerns about affordability uh obviously interest rates yet they're still transacting and i think more than anything that speaks to uh really one thing and it's inventory the fact that we're dealing with inventory levels from, from uh, you know, not seen since 2004, I think, is is the year we mentioned here. Just that in most markets, 
you're dealing with lower demand. You certainly have decreased buyer demand just because of interest rates. Some folks have simply been priced out of the market. Yet yep. the only thing beating that decrease in demand is the decrease in inventory. So no matter how yep. few buyers you have, they're still chasing fewer and fewer homes. So yeah. that that unfortunately, you know, it, it creates a world where home affordability can be a concern, but it doesn't change uh, reality if if there's still two buyers chasing one seller. You know, I loved when you when you opened, you talked about um, what a what a true seller's market looked like, where there was this idea where you could put your home on the market and just say everything you wanted. I actually used a similar similar phrase in a conversation last week, where it was almost like a demand letter. You would go to the market. And you'd, you'd publish your demand letter during your highest and best. And you'd say, these are the things I want. This is the closing date. This is the money down. This is the lender I want you to use. And this is exactly how you're going to close and what you're going to ask for in your inspections. I've definitely seen a step back from that type. Uh, so I think we're kind of in this transition period where the sellers who used to be able to do that or the agents who used to be able to guide their customers to say, publish your demand letter when we do your highest and best. They're not encouraging that kind of activity anymore, yet they are still going to market in most cases if they have you know, well-priced home in, in relatively good condition. They still are expecting multiple bids. They're just aware that it's not going to be quite what it was. So we're still in this mode where people are expecting, uh, because there are so few of their neighbors on the market, um, that these buyers are going to have to overlook the concerns about the home affordability and the interest rates. Um, yeah. The last thing I'll add there is that. I think what's interesting is it's like this captured um, thing because people who are choosing to tr transact now on either side, buyer or seller, are probably doing it because there is a innate need or or prompting of circumstance that that you know. Um, I, I was just reading another article today about the fact that you know home builders uh, in my world, you know, their concession amounts have been higher. Someone just recently, um, one of the public builders just announced that like nine percent. Uh, on, on average, they're giving away 9% of their um, their prices on incentives. Well, if someone is choosing to sell their existing used home in this market, they're probably doing so because there is a reason. So like the argument has been made that builders find the market faster because they have to sell all the time no matter what. And the used market doesn't have to. But the sellers in today's market are probably selling because there is something that makes it a have to situation. It's not going to be all the time, but it's, it's more. So to me, the analogy is, um, I love analogies, uh, Nick, is if, if I invited um, my wife to go out for a steak dinner, knowing that she likes steak, and I say the words, we are going to go get a, a, a nice steak dinner at a nice restaurant. And then we show up at the restaurant, you know, the date has been made, we're there. And I look at the menu and I'm like, oh, dang, steak is twice what it used to be. At that point, I can be frustrated and I can express concern about the affordability of steak. But like we're getting steak. It's not like we're going to say, hey, let's let's just leave the restaurant and go get Italian. Like, let's go ahead to Olive Garden. So I just think that that whole uh, and, and it's important for, for our audiences as builders and developers to understand that you are going to get uh, questions and objections and, and concerns around affordability. Uh, and you do need to be ready to speak to those, but also you don't have to have uh, kind of an initial response of, oh my gosh, I, I must be um, overpriced or overcharging. Because in again, kind of what you spoke to and nuance there was 
demand might be low, but supply is still lower in most cases. All right, moving on to, to weak economy. As 60% of people worried about the weak economy, um, is it weak? Is this just, this is future projection, obviously, of the fact that it, it feels like things must get worse, but uh, everyone's been talking about this as, you know, the recession that has been the most anticipated recession of all time that still hasn't happened yet. Um, yeah, you know, I myself am, am, am confused. I don't know if the recession happened is happening today or is happening tomorrow. All I know is that it's in every headline that I read. And I think that is basically what most Americans experience as well. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Jay Powell a few weeks ago uh, talking about, you know, bypassing a recession. We have a bunch of different data points that would indicate it, it is a, a healthy economy. Uh, obviously, we see unemployment towards the bottom of this list. I don't think that's a coincidence given uh, how relatively strong uh, employment numbers have been. Now, I will say that in this subject in general, um, I, I always guide and counsel any real estate professionals or people in and around the industry that if you want to be successful in real estate, don't ever talk about politics. Uh, just a, <laughs> a good approach on the sales side. And I think that as you get into the economy, you know, these things become uh, a bit political in that uh, someone's always to blame for whatever the current economy is. So I think the reality is that we're going to we're in a media cycle where we're always going to be talking about the economy, how it could be better. What are the yeah. warning signs? Those kind of headlines get. I think the benefit is that uh, generally people can be concerned. I, I think both home affordability and weak economy fall into the same place of I'm worried. I'm really worried about it in air quotes, but not in my own personal situation. Like, yeah, I, I feel like the economy must be getting worse or, or headed in that direction, but I just got a raise. I just got approved to work from home. I just, you know, it's like, but it's for everyone else to worry about. And my, at the end of the day, the people who are choosing to transact in this market, they have concerns about those things, but they also either feel like they may not apply. Anyway, that's just, that's like human nature. Yeah, I, I think that 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 is, that is right on. And I think the reality is that for, for people that have been looking for homes, given how uh, difficult it's been to, to find the home over, over the last few years with inventory, you have a lot of buyers that have been at the search for quite a while. So they're prepared. They have gone through uh, the, the, very, the process you have to go through with a lender. Obviously, the, the borrowing qual uh, requirements are a lot different than they were during the, you know, the, the years leading into the great financial crisis. So, you know, you have informed consumers, despite the increases in rates that uh, feel some sense of security uh, and, and and they're getting educated on, on what's required to actually buy a home. So I, I think what you said is, is mirrors a lot of what I'm hearing from agents and that the overall state of the economy, you know, whatever people may think about it, individual buyers, um, you know, they're going into these purchases despite the increase in interest rates with, you know, strong savings and a plan. And they've looked at 500 houses. So they generally have a sense of, of uh, where they think the value is. And, and there's, you know, a bit of confidence on that side. Yeah. And so, like you said, even it, it, it's still a, um, on the balance, a seller's market. Um, but even in this market, it seems like they still want the same three things that sellers have always wanted. Uh, and the research calls this out. 87% of sellers say the certainty of an offer not falling through. So certainty. 74% uh, of sellers want to sell as fast as possible. They want speed. And 58% of sellers say that receiving a cash offer is important to them. So certainty, speed, and cash. 
sounds like what sellers have always wanted and always will want. <laughs> it does. I mean, also in a, in a bit of a plug for for Open Door. It's 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 kind of uh, the basis of of what we we try to do. But I mean, exactly. that's, that's no coincidence, obviously, in that uh, you know we're looking to deliver uh, exactly what what consumers consumers want. I do think you know along those lines, um, one of the trends that we we mentioned in this article is that we have seen fall through rates increase. Um, I think eighteen percent currently if of, of right. sales are falling through and that's that's up you know it's the second highest percentage since, since 2014 i believe so it's becoming an increasingly real um you know problem in the industry my, my wife's in the the residential lending space and you know someone qualifying you know at a five and a half or six percent rate and then when that rate goes to to seven percent can be the difference between someone, you know, losing qualification, uh, different things can happen during deals. And, you know, we are seeing some of the uh, hesitancy show up in the way people are are acting during transactions. Um, so at the end of the day, you know, despite it feeling like it's it's a good um, seller's market for many sellers, that in uncertainty in the world that we're seeing show up in the data here around concerns around interest rates and, and the economy and all that, it, it is showing up in, in people backing out of transactions and it is obviously in sellers' minds. So being able to deliver, uh, you know, the certainty and the speed and cash that, that Opendoor can, um, just to have it as an option on the table. I yeah. spend 99% of my, my time with my team talking to agents about having this option. You know, sellers are going to consider a lot of different things, but knowing that in this kind of uncertain market, uh, having, having that cash offer, uh, which is what we try to be for agents. You know, you have this cash buyer at the end of the day who will execute. Uh, and the same is obviously, you know, I know you've had uh, some of my colleagues on to talk about the home building side, how, how important that can be, um, you know, even in this market where inventory is low, uh, having a contingency, you know, to buy one of those homes, obviously um, can be nearly impossible. So right. yeah, it continues to be true, continues to be um, something that we we really try to, try to push. And, um, you know, I think this will become increasingly important as we continue to move towards um, you know this uncertain period of time, I don't know what's going to happen in the future. Obviously, um, I think a lot of people have been 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 wrong about where the real estate market is headed over the last few years. But you have to imagine, as this business tends to be cyclical, there will be some more movement, uh, you know, to to reach some kind of equilibrium. And during that time, I imagine these yeah. demands from sellers will only become more important. And that equilibrium is found by buyers and sellers um, making concessions and fi finding the market one one transaction at a time, ultimately. And um, the data here says that both prospective sellers, 76%, and buyers, 80%, indicate a willingness to make concessions to expedite the process. So again, it, it it's this idea of buyer or seller's market, we're going to have to make some concessions in order to make things uh, move forward, um, so so this is again where your your both your background and your current position really lets you talk uh, in depth on this particular topic. So before we get to kind of the current data points, how have concessions evolved over the years? Would you say? Yeah, uh, and that's the real the real meat of this uh, survey. You know, concessions don't always show up in the numbers, right? You know, the, the, the popular headline is always purchase price. People think about their mm -hmm. real estate deal. Uh, I think that stands out as what'd you pay for it. But concessions are 
are one of those things that kind of exists in the background where they're not always quantified on the settlement statement. Uh, they don't always show up that the that the seller was willing to to leave a uh, an old Volvo in the driveway to get a deal done, as uh, actually <laughs> happened to a neighbor of mine. Um, so they're kind of that you know unspoken in in some ways part of the deal, and and a reason why we really wanted to to survey our audience on this uh, was because you don't always you don't always see it show up, and I think that concessions. When you start to see people do different things on concessions and get more active on the seller side, um, that is the tipping point that shows you moving from, from one market to another. So as we discussed, we are by no means, you know, moving towards this, this robust buyer's market. But as we move a bit from extreme seller to like moderate seller market, we're, we're starting to see at least an, a willingness on the, the seller side uh, and buyer side, of course, to align on concessions. So you know, we mentioned, you know, what, what they are. These are the components that that basically get deals done. It is where, in, in my opinion, from working with real estate agents for, for years, it is an area where I see the best experienced agents really outshine uh, their competition in terms of creativity and really just general awareness on telling their customers, you know, what can actually happen here. Because again, if you come into a transaction you're thinking, well, I got to pay this amount and it's going to cost me this much money per month and these are my taxes. But uh, we, you know, if you're in the industry and an, and an expert in the industry, like many of the real estate agents I work with, you, know, you are advising your client on all the different moving parts, whether it's a closing date or getting help with um, you know, rate, rate buy-downs um, and the different components, different ways that you can make concessions as a seller or as a buyer to really bring a deal together. Um, and I think that's what we're we're starting to see in this survey shows. And you mentioned the the seventy six percent and eighty percent of of buyers and sellers willing to incorporate some concessions um, shows a, a general alignment. And I think the thing that I hear the most, and this is more qualitative than quantitative, but it backs up that point, is that seventy two percent of sellers are are buyers right now as well. So. You can have the best time ever selling, put your house in the market and get 10 offers. But if you're going to buy the next home, you're going to deal with the same set of problems that every buyer is facing right now, including the 7% mortgage rate. So I'm not going to sit here and say that sellers are deeply sympathetic or ever going to feel bad about getting 50% more than they paid for their home five years ago or 10 years ago. When you're selling you're probably going to get the best deal you can. But I will say yeah. that there's the general awareness around, wow, this young family is now dealing with a rate that was triple what they could before. I'm going to have to deal with that as well. When I want to move, I'm going to have to deal with all of the things that they're dealing with. So it's kind of recognition of how tough it is. And that showed up at the, the top uh, in our uh, kind of alignment piece where where this is one thing that buyers and sellers agree on that even the sellers are saying yeah it's it's overpriced yeah like i see it it is a very overpriced it, market i think the if- the top the top one here on your list on flexibility of closing date makes complete sense and I, my my hunch would be that this has um been at that top really ever since the the covid uh epidemic began because everyone you know I, when it was completely a seller's market for sure this this most likely would have gone away of like just figure it out i don't care but now that we're back in this more balanced market, everyone understands that uh, just making dates align is really, really tough. I also just anecdotally, my own experience and people I know, it seems like 
when you close and when you take possession are also often two different dates in today's world. A lot more flexibility of, hey, you can, you can remain in the home for a period of time after the closing occurs or rent back or, you know, lot, 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 a lot more flexibility on timing. Yeah, the, the only difficult part about doing a uh, a chat with you, Kevin, is that you you take a lot of take a lot of my my headlines. That's exactly the point I was going to make. That <laughs> I, think, I think, which which I appreciate. You know, you're you're an expert, so it, it's nice to uh, to to you know realize that you know yes, that's exactly right, exactly where I was going to go. Um, but again, for for agents that we talk to uh, and for consumers, there isn't general awareness of that point. You know, it's usually like, well. I'm, Closing this date, the deal's funding. I better move in that date. But there's a ton of flexibility, and this is what we're seeing. Um, you know, with many of the agents that I talk to, um, it is just detaching those two things. The the deal may close this date, but I may be getting you know three weeks of a a, a lease back uh, so I can stay in my home, or yeah. you know I may be uh, moving in early, or there's all these different things. I even heard a a really extreme example from a very fortunate uh, real estate agent who. <laughs> doing quite well uh, and has a second home down, down at uh, the beach. And she was actually able to, she, she was representing buyers, but the seller um, wanted to stay in their property until their closing date. The buyer wanted to get in to do work, uh, but the seller had nowhere to go uh, for another three weeks. But that agent was actually able to use her summer home to give it mm. to the seller for free to basically allow her wow. buyers to start the work. So they closed up front, seller had a place to stay, which wasn't their realtor's house, but, you know, mm -hmm. extreme, extreme example, a fortunate uh, position to be in, but I'm hearing uh, people basically make deals like that. And, and I agree with you, you know, yeah. ever since COVID, this, this kind of concession has become popular. And I think it's a good thing for just customers to be aware enough. I think overall on the concessions piece, another thing that I hear from agents uh, a lot recently is, you know, you mentioned home builders and, and different things they're doing in that 9% figure. The thing that I hear from agents with new construction being an increasingly large part of available, available inventory is yeah. that on the resale, on the used market, they're competing now with, with those concessions. So whereas, you know, in the seller's markets of the past, you didn't have to go to market with a bunch of concessions. You didn't have to list on the MLS, uh, you know, get a $5,000 closing cost credit. I don't think we're at that point yet, but I'm hearing from agents that they're being a lot more proactive in advising mm -hmm. their sellers to possibly play a role in a rate buy down. Now, obviously that looks a lot yeah. different from, from, you know, a, a, a new build where you can advertise that on the, the banner at the front door at the new sales office. But we're hearing that a lot more that agents are trying to educate the sellers to be a little bit more proactive. Uh, and even if it means that they're going to net that same strong purchase price, just as a way to get buyers more comfortable with you know, getting that, that breakdown a quarter or an eighth of a point, anything they can do to kind of just create more goodwill in the transaction. Because again, going back yeah. to this overall theme, that there's just a general sense of, uh, yeah, it's tough to transact right now. And if you're doing so, it's like you said before, you're doing so because you need to. Yeah. Well, I think a couple of things there. One is um, your point is is really insightful that even a lot of um, shoppers and, and sellers don't understand how common this concession is in terms of flexibility. And so when you're dealing with an uncertain cus consumer on either side of the transaction, 
it's important somehow to to communicate this uh, with, and, and that's obviously where the experts have to come in. And how do you communicate that without a uh, kind of starting out with desperation at the beginning? But you can imagine hundreds of consumers saying, "No, wait, honey, we we got to make sure that the date lines up." Because think about all the stress and the and the domino trans, of of other things that have to be lined up, and really no, that that doesn't have to be but unless you help them understand that 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 possibility exists that uncertainty is is really high so like how do how you um kind of remove the veil on that is is important for both buyers and sellers to under under understanding and and if they have representation that, that that's communicated um but the the other thing that i think is really interesting is as a seller um when you add the 18% um, cancellation rate of transactions, and then you start talking about this lot of flexibility that you're offering to the buyer on timing, um, that does seem to be a little bit like you, you are adding risk to, to the equation. I, I'm, I don't know if I'm saying this well, Nick, but, and I'm trying to find a way to make it not sound like a blatant advertisement for Open Door, but my my point would just be like, knowing that 18% of transactions are falling through, and then delaying and delaying and delaying a closing date for a buyer that might not close, it does seem like that's um, a riskier bet and and something that certainly should be factored into. Do I should I take this offer from Open Door? that has uh, you know, certainty, speed, and cash versus saying, hey, I'll take this, this offer from, from someone else, but I'll delay the closing for three months. And then two months in, they say, sorry, <laughs> we're, not, we're not doing it. I mean, I, I can't, can't disagree with you. And I, I understand why it could feel like a bit of an advertisement, but you know, you know, that, that is one of the primary value props. And I think specifically, and also for, for a big chunk of your audience, obviously on the, the home builder side, uh, that unique offering that we have uh, for our home builder partners of, of nine months uh, of, of close of escrow and basically unlimited. Yeah, say that fund. again. Cause I still, I, I'm amazed by the number of people I interact with who are like, they don't, they have not heard this or it never registered to them. Yeah, just recognizing um, you know the partnerships and and the the use case that we have on the home builder side, and this is not my world. This is a nod to yeah. my my, <laughs> my colleagues on the home builder side that I work very closely with. Obviously, many many home builders are working with agents, so it's all it's all related. And I want agents to know this too yeah. that you know when when a, a consumer is selling to Open Door uh, and buying uh, from one of our home builder partners or uh, any new construction, they uh, from a home builder, they are eligible for up to nine months uh, for their close of escrow uh, with basically unlimited flexibility on when they're going to pick that date and how often they need to move it, which obviously for your, your audience doesn't doesn't need me to explain. It is tremendously valuable in that yeah. whether it's uh, a closed date getting pushed out uh, for, for uh, a construction delay or whatever it may be, having that flexibility um, for the, the reasons that you just articulated around deals falling through, mm-hmm. you know, you're under contract uh, with a traditional uh, buyer of your own home and their financing changes, you know, you're out of luck on the other side there. So um, that is a, a massive 
massive value prop, you know, we recognize uh, how necessary it is when you're in that situation. Um, and, you know, versions of that exist, obviously the flexibility around the closing date for, for all consumers. So when we work with agents, I think it's one of the most difficult things for us to explain to our agent partners when they talk about a closing date, we show them a calendar in product and we say, pick the date, um, you know, and they're dealing with a, a 60 day window, but they can pick Tuesday, they can change it the next day to Wednesday and having the ability uh, to have this cash buyer of open door who can execute the closing on the day that the, the, the seller needs to is tremendously valuable. And also, you know, recognition that we're going to close. We don't have to, you know, go, go, go borrow our money the way a traditional buyer yeah. would. It's going to close when we say it's going to close. And yeah, I think if I had the ability to convey what you just conveyed around the risk of fall through and how much that can cost, if we could do that succinctly up front, I think, uh, Everyone in the world may may look at the opportunity <laughs> even more favorably, um, but but that's my right. mission to spread spread that word. And you know, I recognize there's a lot of different ways to buy and sell in the world, but that is obviously a yeah. massive massive benefit of working with Open Door. All right, my last question is: Do you feel like this um, openness towards concessions is the new normal that we're in for a while, or or um, you know what what are you hearing and seeing? kind of on the front lines um, right now when it comes to buyer and seller concessions? Yeah, you know, my 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 colleagues are starting to make fun of me for saying this because I reference it so often, but I got to give my my father, my my original mentor in real estate, a, a shout. Uh, just one of the earliest lines I've I've heard him say since probably the, the 90s when I started paying attention to what he was doing. And I, I was a young kid then, but he'd always say, and this is going back to the 90s, my crystal balls in the shop. Now, now I'm a dad and I'm saying the same cheesy stuff, uh, but it is the, the truth. You know, my crystal ball has been in the shop for as long as his hat. It's very difficult to say, you know, where the world is headed. I'm not an economist. Everyone I talk to in the industry now says these times are unprecedented. They haven't seen them before. And, you know, real estate folks, they love to say, oh, I've seen this before, but this one feels especially new. But I can say being in this industry, I mentioned this earlier, the thing to me that separates the great agents, the ones that are always doing uh, a ton of transactions, and the same is true for sales associates in, in the uh, the new construction uh, offices I go to, is that they are open to negotiating. Concessions are always a part of their business in good markets, down markets. You know, giving people, yeah. however the market is shifting, if it's buyer or seller, but giving both counterparties a sense of mini victories is just a really smart strategy in, in how you're conducting your business. So, you know, if the market continues to shift, if we get into a world where, you know, inventory starts to come back and we get a little more balance, you know, I, I see obviously where concessions appear in a transaction, either upfront on the seller's MLS listing or on closing day, uh, you know, that kind of shifts around the timeline of when they're used, either keep a deal together or attract new business. Um, sellers are certainly calling the shots today. So that means concessions are happening, but happening further on down the process. And, you know, I just stay with that theme of not sure what's going to happen in the market, yeah. but the smart folks are continuing to deploy them uh, in every situation. And, and just making sure their customers are aware of all of these different moving parts that go beyond just the purchase price. I'm going to say something that sounds like it might be ex an extreme statement, but I, I really, I don't know. I don't think it is. I think we're, to, to me, the fact that both sides are open to concessions uh, I don't know if this has ever been plotted on a on a chart, but it makes me feel like the market is more balanced than most people would think. Uh, 
Um, it's, it's another way of just saying what we've kind of said a couple of different ways on, on today's show, Nick, but like, you know, a savagely unhealthy, uh, market and one extreme would be again, where, where one side is like, Nope, I don't need to make concessions because it's a buyer's market or it's a seller's market. And so the, the volume of transactions, uh, especially in the agent world feels highly unhealthy. But when I look at, um, outside of the the number of transactions as a as a data point i think okay if both sides are willing to make concessions then it, then it's maybe a more healthy market than a lot of people would say from the outside i think it's a reasonable con- conclusion and i think you know that's why uh and i encourage all your listeners to, to check out this um you know survey and, and the resulting blog and the, the research we've done around it just just going back to that point of we see a lot of headlines um, we, we know, you know, the, the popular headline around price growth and, and, and it being generally a seller's market, but these concessions and the reason why we were so interested in it and the data here is exactly that point that, but maybe it isn't exactly as it looks in the headlines. Maybe there's stuff going on, you know, below the headline, below the, behind the scenes, uh, that, that shows that buyers and sellers are, are getting together and compromising a little bit more than, uh, you know, the headline would lead you to believe. So yeah, I like the conclusion. So. Awesome. Well, Nick, thanks for coming on and thanks to the whole open door team, uh, for, for doing research like this and, and sharing it openly. Um, always good to have, have more insights, especially from people who have, um, both the number of transactions and consumers that they're interacting with, but, but also just the, the general industry connections to, to hear, uh, what's, what's going on on the ground floor. Awesome. Thanks for having us, Kevin. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us on another episode of market proof marketing. Can't wait for the next one or looking to connect with other new home marketers? Become a member of our private community, DYC All Access, which is 100% free and always will be. Get exclusive content not shared anywhere else, access to private events, and the ability to join a marketing impact group with other marketers like you around the country. Visit our link in the show notes or members.doyouconvert.com to join. All opinions expressed by me, Andrew Peak, Jackie Lipinski, and our castmates are solely our own opinions. Now get to work and make sure your company is market proof.